Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad that you're here today. Uh, I can, uh, as I look across uh, this mass of people in the congregation this morning, I uh, recognize it must be summertime. <laughs> A lot of people are out of town, and, uh, and uh, but we're glad that you are here and that you have um, joined us today, uh, today as we worship God. We welcome our guests, especially this morning. Uh, you're very important to us, and Hope that God will bless you in a very special way as we uh, worship God together. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets that are on each row in the, uh, the purple folder there. If you would take that and fill it out, we would, uh, we would certainly appreciate it. Uh, put your name and address and phone number on there. If you have an email address, please put your email address. And we, we send out an email newsletter every Thursday. And if you'd like to... Uh, uh, be apprised of some of the opportunities that we have uh, here at Community Baptist Church for for worship and study and fellowship and service, then please uh, uh, put your email address on there as well and check the appropriate box on there. I have a few announcements that we'd like to call to your attention. First of all, uh, this afternoon our youth and parents will be having a cookout at Atkinson Park. Uh, that will be at 5 o'clock this evening, and uh, it will be a time of fellowship and fun, and it will also be a time of, uh, of getting some information about the upcoming uh, trip to Florida that our youth will, will be taking uh, in just a couple of weeks. Uh, so if you are a youth and you, or if you are a parent, please uh, join the youth at 5 o'clock at Atkinson Park. Also, next Sunday, our youth will be sponsoring a luau here at the church and uh, we're going to be having some, some uh, Hawaiian-type food, I think, ham. <laughs> spam? No, not spam, ham. <laughs> Maybe some pineapples on top, I don't know. But uh, uh, it, it'll be a, a, a fun time together, and this is a fundraiser for them. It's not for the youth, it's by the youth, and, and the youth are inviting all of us to stay afterwards for, uh, for lunch and to uh, have this this luau, and we'll be having a pie auction as well, and I think there's going to be a prize for the uh, the best Hawaiian costume, and I'm going to win that, so I'm not? Oh, I think I hear a challenge. <laughs> I'm going to have to up my game, I think. But uh, please stay for that, and uh, it, I think we're going to be just taking a contribution towards our youth with that, so... Uh, uh, please stay for that next week. Also on Saturday, our, uh, we will be serving lunch at the uh, Salvation Army. So if you'd like to be a part of that, see Christine. See Chris, Christine, and uh, she'll sign you up as a volunteer, or just show up around uh, 10:30 or so. And uh, and I believe that Sybil has an announcement about our upcoming work day. As you know, our last scheduled cleanup day kind of got rained out. So we have rescheduled for this Friday. There are a group of men who are going to meet at Cracker Barrel, Greg? Cracker Barrel at 6.30 in the morning for breakfast and then come over here and start working if you want to meet with the, that group that's going to meet at Cracker Barrel. Otherwise, the rest of us are going to start at 8 o'clock and work till, till we get done. If you're interested in helping out, if you'll get in touch with me, or Jerry Wagner, so we can get you on a list. Everybody is welcome. Please come and help us clean. Thanks. Thank you, Sybil. It's good to, uh, to have these, these uh, opportunities from time to time to uh, address some issues in our church, to get things cleaned up and, and, uh, and fixed up there. So uh, we'd appreciate any, any help that we can get on, on Friday. Did I say Friday? On Friday. Okay, uh, glad you're here today. Let me invite you to stand and let us greet each other in the name of the Lord. Yeah. I'm 
Before we uh, have our responsive reading today, I've got a question for, for each of you. Um, are you awake out there? Well, for those of you, of you who are not, let us read responsively. Wake us up, God. Stretching and yawning from the ordinariness of our lives, we stumble to the door of your presence. At first, we may not recognize the outline of your face. The night is too much with us, but the dawning is with you. The light whispers your name. Amen. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony.
We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the woman who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. And this was Acts 16, verse 9 through 15. And if the children have come forward, we'll have children's moments. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right. How's everybody doing? What oh, you got those glasses on? Is it too sunny in here? No. Oh, 3D glasses. Well, how cool is that? Well, are you kidding? Batman? Um, you know what? It's time for our lesson. You know, when Miss Mary does children's moment, it's always some kind of, uh, I had to get the dictionary and all that good stuff, right? It's just like going to school. Don't you miss school? No. <laughs> you, you do kind of? All right. Look here. Dictionary. New word, but I bet you all know this word. What's a blessing? Raise your hand if you know what a blessing is. A blessing. You guys have blessings in your life. Think about it. Of course, it's a blessing that we're awake, like Dr. Tim said. It's a blessing we get to walk into this beautiful church. And it's a blessing we get hugs and kisses and, and high fives from everybody here because this is our church family. So that's a blessing, right? Come on, you guys. I have a coloring sheet here that we're going to do. And there's three things on there. That don't, no cheating. It's three things that we're going to color, and they are blessings in our lives. What is a blessing in your life? Do you know what a blessing is? Let's see what, okay, let's see what the dictionary says. A blessing. Um, sometimes we do blessings in here when we get a new deacon or um, we lay our hands on that person and we give them a blessing. But you know what it says? Number two, I love how there's different meanings for this. You know what it says? It says a blessing is anything that is good or anything that is very welcome, so think about your lives. It says anything that is a stroke of luck, anything that's a miracle, anything that's a godsend, something real fun that happens that God sends your way. Okay, now can anybody think of a blessing? They're asleep. Okay, well then I'm, I'm going to cheat. You're not asleep? Come here, Kevin. Come here. You want to help me? You don't want to help either? Okay. All right, this says count your blessings. What's the first one there? Your parents. Are your b parents a blessing to you? Absolutely. What would we do without our parents, right? All right. What's this one, Gracie? My church. You know, a lot of people that I talk to during the week, they don't have a church. So that's truly a blessing that we have a church, right? Oh, and the last one that I see every time we go back to children's church. Can you read this for me? What's that last one? Those 3D glasses make it look weird? Yeah. They do? Okay. Well, that says my friends. Are your friends a blessing? What would we do without our friends, right? How would we get through this life without our friends? Seriously, I tell you. Well, you know what? Do you guys remember next Saturday? And you guys will each get one of those, one of these when we go back to Children's Church. Next Saturday is our swim party. She did. That's awesome. And you know why we're having a swim party? 
because we have some very dear friends here that are going to let us use their home and their beautiful pool to have our swim party. Would you like to meet those blessings of our friends here? You know whose house we're going to? Jika's. You know Jika. Do you all know Jika? I do. Okay. Well, let's look back here and see who Jika is. That's Jika right there. And then her other half is Mr. Bob. Bob, can you raise your hand? And you know what? They're going to let us come out to their house. They're going to let us use their pool. And I said, no, you don't have to cook for us. But you know what Bob's doing? He's a blessing. He wants to cook hot dogs for us. Okay? So we're all, um, we're going to get one of these. It says to wear your swimsuit, bring your towel, bring your favorite snack to share. And as we say our prayer before we go back to Children's Church, let's count our blessings and thank God for our friends like Bob and Jika and all the friends here, okay? All right. Let's say a prayer and we'll go back to Children's Church. Good morning, Father. We come to you this morning. We have a church full of people that love you, God. We love you because of everything you did and get and still are doing for us. God, thank you for our blessings. Thank you for our children here. Thank you for our wonderful church family. Thank you for Bob and Jika opening their heart and their home to us for next Saturday's swim party so that all the CBC kids and all the CBC youth can go enjoy a day of sun and fellowship. Be with us now. Be with Dr. Tim as he brings the message. In your name we pray. Amen. All right.
Will you pray the Lord's Prayer with me this morning? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Way back in um, 1669, there was a very strange thing that happened in the village of Runswick, England. You see, the, the entire village slipped into the sea. Yes, those tragedies, those kinds of tragedies do happen from time to time. The whole town was swallowed up by the tides. But here's what's really interesting about that. Because even though... The whole town was destroyed, wiped out completely. Not a single inhabitant lost their lives or were injured that day. Not a single person was killed. Not a single person was injured, even though their whole community was washed out to sea. So, how did that happen? Well, every single resident of that small village were attending a funeral in a nearby village when that catastrophe occurred. Pretty amazing, huh? Every single man, woman, and child had vacated the village. They were attending a funeral in a village nearby when their village was washed away by the tides. Now let me ask you something. If you had been a resident of Runswick, England, and not a single person lost their lives because everyone was in another town, would you say that that was the providence of God? Or would you say it was simply a matter of coincidence? In other words, was it the hand of God or was it happenstance? Well, that's an interesting question, one that we will consider this morning. Dr. Steve Land 
tells about a seminary student during World War II who was preparing to be, become a military chaplain. And one day the student found a used book. Uh, seminary students are always in search of books, especially cheap books. And so he went to a, a used bookstore and, and found a used book on the subject of how to speak Russian. Now, this student was somewhat of an introvert, so, and he, he preferred reading in his room uh, rather than going out with his friends. And so he decided that maybe learning how to speak Russian would be a nice way to spend his evenings. And so from then until graduation, he studied that Russian language book whenever he had a chance. Then after graduation, he was inducted into the army as a chaplain. He was sent to Europe where his battalion was involved in heavy fighting. And one night as he was laying on his, on his uh, bedroll, staring up at the stars, he became very depressed. Every night, every day, he was constantly giving comfort to the wounded and dying soldiers. And seminary had not prepared him for this. In fact, he didn't feel prepared for anything that he was doing. And then about that time, while he was, those thoughts were still troubling him, a medic came running up to him and, and he said, Chaplain, we have a guy who is seriously wounded. He's scared, he's panicking, but we can't understand a word he says. Can you come help us? Well, when he arrived at the scene, he realized that this was a Russian soldier who had apparently been separated from his unit. And as he knelt down beside that man, he suddenly realized that he could understand a lot of what this soldier was saying. And so for the rest of that night, he stayed by that soldier's side, speaking words of comfort to him in broken Russian and praying with him in the best way that he could. As he returned to his bedroll and, and lay under the stars once again, that young chaplain felt that somehow the stars were, were brighter that night. And the load that he had been carrying was a, a little bit lighter because he knew that God was at work, even in that awful war. And that little Russian language book had fallen into his hands and God had used it to comfort this dying soldier. Now, was this a coincidence or was it providence? Did God lead this young soldier to, to study Russian just for this particular moment in his life? Or was it just a coincidence? Well, the Apostle Paul had a lot of unusual experiences in his life that brought him into contact with a, a wide assortment of people. He was shipwrecked. He was jailed. He traveled to countries all around the Mediterranean. Sometimes he didn't know exactly where he was going or why he was going there or who he would meet once he got there. But when the Lord prompted him to go, he went. And he did this because he trusted that God would show him what to do. Well, one night Paul had a vision of a man in Macedonia begging for Paul to come. Come over and help, uh, come over to Macedonia and help us. And Paul believed that, that this was a call from God, so he, he and three of his friends set out for Macedonia, but the, the trip was not easy. They traveled by boat and were forced to, to make several stops along the, along the way, and one of those stops was at a place called Philippi. Paul and his friends were staying there for, for several days. And evidently there, were no, there was no synagogue in Philippi. It was Paul's practice at the cities where he visited to, to go and to worship in the synagogue there. But evidently there was no synagogue in Philippi. So when the Sabbath came, they, they went down to the river to find a place to pray. It seems that the river was a favorite place for pious people to gather because there was all, already a group of women there who had also come to pray. So Paul began to speak with these women. And one of these women was a woman named Lydia. I want you to visualize Lydia as a very successful businesswoman. You know, this was, this was who she was, a very successful businesswoman. She was smartly dressed. She was carrying her attache case and her smartphone. She would be quite comfortable in our world today. 
She was a, a, a dealer in purple cloth and, and was probably pretty wealthy because, you see, purple was the color of the Roman elite. In fact, the emperor was the only person who was allowed to wear a toga that was completely made out of purple cloth. And purple dye was, was very expensive. It was made from a juice found in minute quantities in shellfish. And so it literally took thousands of these small creatures to make a yard or two of purple cloth. Well, we have further evidence that Lydia was wealthy by the size of her house. You see, at the end of the story, she invites Paul and his companions to stay with her. And, and what makes this impressive is that Lydia was, did not live alone. There were others in Lydia's house, probably servants as well as children. And Lydia seems to have been the head of the household. There's no husband who's mentioned in this story, so she's, she's probably a widow. But to, but to house four traveling evangelists in addition to the rest of her own household indicates that Lydia's house was pretty large for that time and place. And it's also important to note that Lydia was not a Jew, but she did worship God. And we'll talk about that more in just a few minutes. But as, as Lydia was listening to Paul's message, Luke told, tells us that the Lord opened her heart to the message of Jesus. And right there on the spot, she and all of her household were baptized into the Christian faith. I guess it was convenient that they were by the river, huh? They were all baptized into the Christian faith, and afterwards she invited Paul and her friends to come to her home and stay with her. She said, if you consider to me to be a believer in the Lord, then come and stay at my house. And they did. It's a beautiful story, isn't it? And if you ask Lydia, did you just happen to be there when Paul came to the river to pray? How do you think she would have answered was it providence or coincidence? Was it God's hand or happenstance? Well, obviously, you can make a case either way. But I believe that Lydia would have said it was providence. God brought me to that place so that I could hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe that Lydia would say that her encounter with Paul was providence because, you see, Lydia was a person of faith even before she was exposed to the gospel. Hmm. Now this is important. Because you see, there's a, there's a tendency for some religious people to divide the world into the saved and the unsaved. The righteous and the unrighteous. And in these people's eyes, if you're not a baptized believer, then you're somehow inferior unacceptable, and, and, and probably immoral. But it's interesting that the New Testament doesn't take that view. So you see, in the New Testament, there are, there are Jews, and there are Christians, and there's also a group of people who are referred to as God-fearers. And Lydia fits that description of a God-fearer. Luke simply tells us that that she was a worshiper of God. And in today's language, we might call her a seeker. Someone who's not a part of a traditional faith community, not a part of a church or a synagogue or, a, or anything like that, but someone who is seeking after God. There's another man in Acts 10, a few chapters before this, who fits that description of a God-fearer. His name was Cornelius. Cornelius was a Roman officer commanding a battalion of soldiers whose main responsibility was to keep order in the city of Caesarea. Cornelius was not a Jew, neither was he a Christian, but Luke tells us that he and all of his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to the poor and prayed to God regularly. Do you get this? Can there be someone who is outside of the mainstream of the Judeo-Christian faith and still be devout and God-fearing? Well, apparently so. In fact, according to Acts, you can be outside the mainstream of a faith community and still be used by God. 
And Cornelius was a great example of this. You see, one afternoon, Cornelius had a vision where he saw an angel saying to him, Cornelius. Now put yourself in Cornelius' shoes for a minute. He, he hadn't been to church very much and probably never and uh, hadn't been to the synagogue very much and he wasn't into religious stuff very much and all of a sudden there was an angel standing in front of him. He wasn't ready for this. So he just stares at this angel and he says, What? What is it? And the angel says, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have caught God's attention. And he has a job he wants you to do. Send some of your men to Joppa and bring back a man named Peter. He's, he's staying with Simon the Tanner at his house by the sea. When the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and another devout soldier. And, and he told them what had happened and he sent them off to Joppa. And here's what's important. All of this was happening at the very same time that Peter was having his vision of the sheet being lowered down from heaven, the sheet that was filled with animals. You see, Peter had been taught all of his life that some of the animals in that sheet were unclean. They were not to be eaten or touched in any way. But, but God told Peter that nothing that he had created was unclean. And it was that dream that caused Peter to realize that it was all right for him to, to break bread with Gentiles. This is a breakthrough in the Jewish community. They'd never done this before. But God was telling him that it's all right for you to go and to, to fellowship with Gentiles, to break bread with, with Gentiles, to preach the gospel to Gentiles. And so God summoned Peter to Cornelius' house, a Gentile, and this was a life-changing experience for Peter. It was a life-changing experience for Cornelius. And it was a life-changing experience for the church. Because it opened the door to the evangelization of Gentiles. And folks, that's us. And it all came about through a non-Jewish, not yet Christian man named Cornelius. In the New Testament, Cornelius was called a God-fearer. Lydia was a God-fearer. She was a Gentile, because, uh, but she was also a worshiper of God. She was seeking after God, and so it was no accident that she was down by the riverside praying. She was hungry for God. Now, I have uh, belabored this point for a reason. And here it is. Our land is filled with people like Lydia and Cornelius. Our land is filled with people like this. They are fine, decent people, particularly young people in our society who are seeking after God. They may have little or no church background. In fact, they may have been turned off by the church at some point in their lives. They may have been hurt by the church sometime in the past, but they are hungry for God. They want those solid, life-changing values. They, they want something that they can depend on as they make their way through life. And listen to this, folks. We, the church of Jesus Christ, need to reach out to these people. Just like Paul reached out to Lydia, just like Peter reached out to Cornelius. We need to reach out to these people who are seeking after God. We need to encounter them where they are and, and share with them what God has done in our lives. And folks, let me tell you something. If we do that, then God will use our witness in a marvelous way. I promise you. I love a story that Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross tells about a woman that she encountered when she was writing her famous book on death and dying. Part of her research involved interviewing dying patients in a hospital and trying to find out how they felt and 
what they thought as they faced death. But as she went from room to room, she began to notice something. You see, sometimes she would go into a room and and, and the dying patient would be unusually calm and peaceful. And then she began to notice that this would often occur after the patient's room had been cleaned by a certain orderly. And so one day, Dr. Kubler-Ross ran into this orderly, and the doctor asked her, what are you doing with my patients? And the orderly thought that she was being reprimanded, so she said, I'm not doing anything with your patients. And and the doctor said, no, 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 it's okay, it's a good thing. You see, after you go into their rooms, they seem to be at peace. So what are you doing with my patients? And the orderly said, well, I just talked to them. You see, I've had two babies of my own die in my arms. But God never abandoned me. And I tell them that. I tell them that, I, that they're not alone and that God is with them and that they don't have to be afraid. Now let's imagine that you're one of those, those patients in a hospital and you've reached a low point in your life and, and here comes this gentle caring hospital worker into your room and while she's sweeping up and cleaning your room she listens to your concerns and she quietly shares with you that she's been in a similar situation and that she reached out to God and God was there to help her and in the process of that conversation you are helped by this genuine act of caring and, and concern. And in, in fact, you come out of that hospital experience a stronger person than you were when you went in. And it changes how you deal with life and death. Later you look, look back on that experience and you wonder, was it just a coincidence? Or was it Providence? Was it a coincidence or providence that you encountered this woman in your hour of need? Well, here it is. In truth, it's probably both. It may have have been happenstance that you were just happened to be assigned to that particular room on that partic- where that particular woman was working on that particular day. But it was also providence because that woman had yielded herself to God and God was working through her to reach out to anyone who would listen to her calming, reassuring message. You see, this is how Paul looked at his life. He had many adventures in his life. Not not all of them were very pleasant, but he knew that wherever he was and whatever he was doing, God could use him. Even when he was thrown into prison, even when he was shipwrecked on a desert island, God could use him. And he allowed God to use him. And so when there was no synagogue in Philippi where they could worship, he looked for a place down by the river where he could go and pray. And when they encountered these women and realized that they were seeking after God, they knew that God brought them there so that they could share from their hearts. And this smart, successful woman named Lydia responded to their message, and she and all of her household were baptized that day and became followers of Jesus. And if you had later asked Lydia to tell her story, she probably would have said, I was so fortunate, because one day I was praying with my friends, and God sent me a messenger named Paul, changed my life. My friends, the Lydias of this world are all around us. They're all over the place. And they are waiting for you and for me to reach out to them with the love of God. And we too can be a powerful tool of God's providence and grace if we will simply yield ourselves to be used of God 
And if we look at every conversation that we have as a potentially God-sent opportunity to make a difference in someone's life. If we do that, then we will realize that there are actually very few coincidences in life because many of those coincidences are really acts of providence in disguise. Let us think about that as we daily encounter the Lydia's and the Cornelius's. Let us think about that as we go through the day-to-day routines of our lives and help us to realize that we're here for a reason. We're here to be a part of the grand plan of God. But we need to yield ourselves to God. And jump upon those opportunities to make a difference in someone's life. When we do that, we are a part of God's providence and grace. Amen. Let's sing together our hymn of invitation, number 238, Breathe on Me. There may be someone here today who would like to make a commitment to Jesus Christ today. Maybe you are a seeker. Maybe you're seeking after God, seeking after the Spirit of God. And and maybe you've had problems with the church in the past. Maybe you've uh, been kind of had a a hard time and and are separated from that experience. Maybe it's time for you to come back into the fold, to come back into the Spirit of God and, and to... And to allow God to make a difference in your life. If God's dealing in your heart in that way, we invite you to come and make that commitment to Christ if you've never done that. If you'd like to be a part of our church and officially be a member of our church, then we invite you to come and unite. Maybe you just need a time of prayer today. I'll be glad to pray with you here. If God's dealing in your heart in any way, we invite you to come as we sing 238, Breathe on Me. Would you come?
We have gathered in your name this day, O God, and you have come to us to enlighten our minds. You have come to teach us your way, to refreshen our spirits, to cleanse us from sin, and you have come to send us into your service. Send us now, O God. May we follow your leading and be used by your spirit to touch the lives of all we meet. Amen.